Welcome to Speculative Sandbox. This is Vicky Lawn, and I'm going on a short hiatus to work on book revisions, but I've asked my fellow author friends to take care of the podcast while I'm away. Don't forget to subscribe or follow Speculative Sandbox on Instagram and X, formerly Twitter, to get episode notifications and upcoming news. I look forward to chatting again soon. Hello, friends. Have you ever had a dream that slips away the moment you try to put it into words? Writing can be like that sometimes, too. But just like with dreams, it's possible to grow a habit that makes your mind a home for the muse. My name is Odin Halverson, and I'll be your guide today through the wonderful worlds of fantastic fiction, riveting book reviews, and writerly wranglings. Last year, Vicky and I collaborated on two episodes, one for Speculative Sandbox and one for my own podcast, Roundtable Radio, produced by Roundtable Writers. I'm so excited to be returning to the Speculative Sandbox in this guest episode, and I hope you'll give last year's episodes a listen as well. Today, I want to talk about inspiration, why we need it, why we don't, and what to do when it just isn't coming. Inspiration is one of those fickle beasts that never seems to be there when I want it to lend me a hand. I'll be sitting at my computer trying to work on a scene, and I may as well be breaking rocks for a living. It especially frustrates me when I try to write short stories, something so many writers I know seem to do effortlessly. For me, the process is a pain, largely because it involves telling such a crisp tale. Inspiration, for me, often comes in the form of simply writing, for writing's sake. I love the experience of finding new places to explore, of discovering where meandering stories go. I don't necessarily love craft in terms of beads and snowflakes and, you know, all the stuff that actually makes a story grip you and shake you. That said, I have had moments of inspiration that led to great writing experiences, and inspiration is always something I try to listen to when it arises. You can't ignore the muse, otherwise she might end up taking offense. (laughs) But I want to caution you, right now, not to rely on her. She'll show up, but rarely, for novice writers. She does, however, show up for diligent writers a bit more often. If you've heard this advice before and find it annoying, well, I'm, I'm with you. But it's the truest advice that I know. Just keep writing. You have to sit down, tell your story, and let it be whatever it is. Just whatever you do, get your butt in the chair and put words on the page. What happens when you do this is something magical. Inspiration is not derived from random chance alone, because random chance's odds are improved by diversity and application. The more you do something, the more new things you try, and the more experiences that you gather, the more likely your writing is to prosper. The more likely the muse is to arrive. I've known too many people who had a story to tell, but never managed to start putting it down onto a page. 
fear is often a complication, but it usually goes deeper than that. Writing is like dreaming. Have you ever had a dream so poignant, so utterly vivid, that upon waking you feel for a moment like you're still inside the dream? Like the balance between dreaming and reality is permeable, and you're not sure which side you're on? Have you ever tried to capture that dream in words, writing it down or telling it to someone, only to have all the vividness melt away like cotton candy in the rain? It's a really frustrating feeling. Well, that's what it's like to be a writer, too. When many people start out, they might have scenes in their head that feel incredibly vivid, but the moment they try to put them down into words, it all feels wrong. The supposedly simple act of translating the beautiful dream in their mind into words distorts it, warps it, and maybe even dissolves the dream altogether. But here's the secret. Just as with dreams, there are tricks to remembering them better, so are there tricks to getting the stories that you have inside you onto the page. Probably the most important one is simply this, consistency. If you record anything you remember from dreams every morning, anything at all, the moment after you wake, you'll start remembering more of the dreams. Consistency. Day after day. Eventually, you'll remember great swaths of them. If you write a little bit every day, day after day, you'll eventually find yourself honing in on language that feels Right. Language that describes the images or feelings you have in your mind when you think of your story. One great practice that I've done before, and will do many times again in the future, is to write a piece of microfiction every day. At just 100 words maximum, these little stories can be almost anything. Just try to grab that feeling inside of your mind and roll with it. Let it be whatever it wants to be on the page. Practice this for 30 days and you'll have 3,000 words of storytelling. Some of it will be awkward and strange, but some of it is going to be surprising in its poignancy. The first story I ever sold was like this. It's almost a prose poem, a little piece of science fiction radiance that came out of my mind and onto the page as if by magic. Poof! There it was. And it struck a chord in the editor of a journal. It resonated with others in the world. Yours can, too. I'd like to share that story with you now. What Made the Sand by Odin Halverson, originally published in Book XI, a journal of literary philosophy. Below, where the light spiked from the surface and cast all things with an eerie glow, something moved. The pointed legs of a small pink crab, scuttling sideways, left an echo on the hull of an ancient vessel from the stars. A pitted ruin, claimed by this underwater realm and its creatures, covered over with the foundations and sprawling nests of life. Weeds tangled their way through every pockmarked opening of the long-crashed vessel, whose fields of gently swaying flora moved in the underwater current. And amid the weeds, fish... Billions of tiny forms flitting this way and that, exploring, exploding. Life thriving in the alien world nature reclaimed. The pink crab slowed, hopped from the surface of the ancient ship, and set out daintily across the dim ocean floor, kicking up little spots of silt. An eel watched it from a short distance away, 
weighing the satisfying crunch of crab against the dangers of leaving the charred fissure where it's made its home. Its eyes glittered from the crack in the starship's hull, small brain thinking thoughts that no visitor to this world had ever cared to guess. And there was something else. Inside the wreck, deep, deep inside, where a pocket of air still held sway after many hundreds of years, there was a room with an occupant long forsaken by all but time. Splintered and inert, this occupant reclined against the graying paint peeling from the wall. A ribcage canvassed with lichen, sockets home to tiny colonies of pebble-sized crustacea. Smaller pieces scattered, tiny bones shaken loose through the long decay. By the skeleton's side, a small book sat, bound in alien fibers, pages wrinkled and yellowing. Inside, drawings and scribbled notes dominated each page. And at the very end, a letter, penned when the skeleton had been a living thing. No one but the author, in all of time and space, would ever read that letter or know the one who penned it to the page. Outside the room, a trail of bubbles had been spilling from a nearly invisible crack in the bulkhead for many days now seeping, leaking, searching for a way to finish what the crash had long ago begun. Days passed, and a thin sweat moistened the walls of the skeleton's room. The fungi on the corpse flourished and spread. And then, all at once, without warning, the water came crashing cold, crashing in. The room was filled in minutes. The ink of the small book ran when the water reached it, spilling out into the torrent, painting the water black as night in a slowly expanding cloud. The bones on the floor were picked up by the rushing current and scattered in all directions. Some would later end up inside fish. Others would wait quietly for eons as the passage of time eroded them away. When... Some thousand years hence, new visitors would arrive finally at this world ocean, marveling at its placid beauty. Only then would some sign be found. A bone or two preserved by lucky chance. And the wreck itself would remain, of course, for such a thing passes more slowly than even the lives of fish or man. Though one day, even it, too, would disperse into the world, becoming one with the silt and the sand. Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to share that with you. I, I hope you enjoyed. Another great way to hone in on your own story is by reading the work of others. Lately, it's all been about audiobooks for me, so I want to end my segment by mentioning two audiobooks that struck me as absolutely brilliant. Not only were they extremely well narrated, they managed to have the sort of language that lives on in the reader's spirit long after the book is closed. The first is The Lost Library by Rebecca Stade and Wendy Mass. I was smitten with this kitten of a book from the first few minutes of listening. The narrator cast is excellent. 
the language is keen, and the story is sweet and surprising. It's a cozy mystery with good twists and a wisp of the supernatural, and it'll make you tear up in all of the right ways. The second book on my list is Bookshops and Bone Dust by Travis Baldry. I didn't expect much of this one going in beyond the enjoyment of a pulpy D&D-inspired popcorn read. What I got was so much more. Every element of this novel is polished to a shine, from the plot and pacing to the character's interiority to the base sentences themselves. There are moments of storytelling within storytelling and more realistic character interaction and growth than I've encountered in plenty of literary fiction. I can't recommend it enough. Well, that is everything for me today. I'm so, so happy that I was able to return to Speculative Sandbox for this special episode. If you want to learn more about me and the work that I do, you can visit biolink slash indubitablyodin. That's B-I-O dot L-I-N-K slash I-N-D-U-B-I-T-A-B-L-Y-O-D-I-N. My projects include a regular newsletter, Roundtable Writers, and the uh, Unenlightened Generalists. And I'd love, I'd love to connect with my listeners on social media or beyond. To close, I'll just leave you with my usual podcasting catchphrase. Go easy, friends. And if you can't go easy, then go as easy as you can. Speculative Sandbox is a volunteer-run podcast that relies on the collaboration of fellow creators like you. Join the conversation and participate in fun polls and questionnaires on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Interested in being in a future episode? Our DMs are open, or you can email speculativesandbox at gmail.com. 